Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Dodder. Thanks for joining. You're back in the podcast with Hannah Stobbs with the Watermark Institute. I'm so thankful to be able to be hosting Join the Journey for today. Again, I would love to invite you and remind you about December 3rd, the Join the Journey ministry is going to be taking over our normal prayer gathering service at Watermark at 530 on December 3rd. If you want to come and just be a part of praying for what God is going to do in 2024 for our editors, for our team, we would love to see you there to be able to celebrate what God has done in the past and what he's going to do in the future. So again, we'd love to have you come December 3rd at 530 at the prayer gathering. But for today, I'm in the podcast studio studying Nehemiah chapter for it with my friend, Jake Adams. Hi, I'm Jake. I'm a senior at Pierce High School. Nice, Jake. We're so glad you're here. And Jake, what do you like to do for fun? You've kind of told me, but let's tell our friends. What do you guys, what do you like to do? Uh, I swim for my high school and then I just like hanging out with friends. Yeah, that's fun. And you had a big swim meet this past weekend and it went well, yes? Yeah. Yeah? It did pretty well. That's very fun. That's very cool. Yeah. So Jake, can you tell us a little bit about um, your life, how you came to know Jesus and what's been going on since then? Yeah. Well, my name is Jake Adams, obviously. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from pride, lust, and people-pleasing. I grew up in a Christian home with good parents who taught me to love the Lord through their parenting and love for one another. I grew up going to church, so I had a lot of Bible knowledge. I knew the right answers in small group and Sunday school, and I had strong morals to guide me through life. One day, after watching church from home, I accepted Jesus into my heart when I was six. However, because I was so young, I didn't fully understand the kind of decision I had made. My faith was still being directed by my parents and just part of who I was, but I didn't always intentionally think about it. It was more of a lifestyle than a personal relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. God has truly blessed me by not allowing me to have ever been far from Him. Because of this, there was not a big turning point in my life, but my faith is gradually becoming my own. Spending time with God more frequently, although still not as consistent as I would like, has really helped my faith grow. Going through Regeneration for Students last fall semester also helped me grow in my faith. Before coming to Region, I struggled with pride, people-pleasing, and lust. Region helped me realize that I had stopped actively fighting against those things. I already kind of knew what my sins were, but Region helped me to understand the why for my sin by helping me identify the patterns in my life and the roots of each of those things. Because of Jesus Christ, my life has been changing through God, showing me why each part of my sin is harmful and helping me to do better. I have new motivation to actively fight against my sin now. Serving at Camp Barnabas, the annual shoreline service trip to the Camp for People with Disabilities, as well as serving in the Bahamas and the Dominican Republic on mission trips, have helped me to become less selfish and think more about how I can help others and share God's love with them. I am still gradually growing in my faith and taking ownership of my faith. If I could talk to someone like me, I would say never be okay in your sin. Don't be stagnant in it, but turn to God for strength to keep fighting against it. And that's my story. Jake, I love that. Thank you for sharing that with us. I love how Regen for Students has really been a pivotal part of your story. And if if you're listening and that's something you'd be interested in, in being a part of Regen, which helps walk through a bunch of different things, you can check out the link in the description. But do you have any other thoughts on Regen or how you would explain Regen to a new friend? Uh, yeah, I would really recommend anyone doing it. It's basically like a program to help you recover from sin, which we all struggle with. Yeah. No matter, I don't know, everyone does. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just helps you like break down the sin and help you to fight against it and 
do better, I guess. I love that you even said in your testimony, like, you knew the sins that you were struggling with. You just needed to, like, actually start fighting it and move forward. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. So thanks for sharing your story. Now let's let's jump into Nehemiah chapter 4. So my first question for you, Jake, is you, as you were studying for today, you said that there were basically two kind of contrasting forms of community, really, that you saw in the passage. So can you tell us a little bit about those? What did you see in the passage? Yeah, well, I kind of, like, noticed how— like Nehemiah and his people were building the wall, yeah. obviously. But then Sanballat's people were trying to break down the wall mm-hmm. and tear it down. And that's like kind of like a metaphor for people who aren't like good community and are going to help like tear you down. And like the wall is kind of like a metaphor for keeping the devil out. And people who are enemies of God will attempt to like sway you away from blocking out the devil and like pull you into sin, which is obviously not good. Yeah. And so because they didn't like that the ball was the wall was being rebuilt, they plotted to destroy it and like restart their progress, so to speak, just as like not good community can. However, the Jews like placed a guard day and night to protect against the threat, just like we need to be on guard like 24-7 because the devil will always be awaiting an opportunity to pull us into sin. Um, and like kind of how it mentioned that there's no time to rest or let down your guard when you're changing clothes or getting a drink of water. Yeah. We can't let down our guard either because there's no time or place that Satan won't pounce on us. I also really liked when it said, like, God wants to help us, and He will fight for us to keep help keep us from sinning against Him. Yeah. We just have to call out for Him. When It, it talks about that specifically in Nehemiah 4.20. No, I love that. Let's go. Let me read Nehemiah 4.20 for us. It says this, Nehemiah 4.20, In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet rally to us there, our God will fight for us. I love that you mentioned the God will. So here's a question why don't Christians go to prayer? Because in this passage, it's so obvious. Like, if they're going to get any sort of help in this wall being built, the Lord has to be their protection. Because Sanballat is not happy. Him and his whole crew of guys is not excited about what they're doing. So why, like, Jake, why don't Christian people pray? Like, why don't we do it? I would say it's just because, like, people are just naturally, like, want to be independent and, like, think they can do everything. They can beat their own sin. They can make it through life on their own. But, like, the truth is we all need Jesus. Like, we all have to pray, reach out to Him, and He will help us. But we just have to reach out and ask Him for help. No, I think that's great. I think a lot of times we can trust in ourselves. Like, even even in your story, I love you sharing about Regen. You could have tried to muscle up and try to work through all this sin on your own, but you wouldn't have gotten very far, right? Yeah. Like, maybe maybe two or three days of doing a great job, but yeah. not, not a knock on you. And the same for me, if I try to fight my own sin, and I've even had that in my own life, where I look back and like, why can't I conquer this? Why can't I move? And I look back and it's, I'm trying to do all these simple changes to my life instead of these real, having God actually come and change. It reminds me of Psalm 20, verse 7, which says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. So instead of trusting in these, people things, right? Like chariots and horses are these great, great things that are awesome. They're not real. We have to trust in the Lord. Yeah. Um, Another verse I'd love to read, it says in Nehemiah 4 verse 14, it says, and I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And ultimately, these guys can trust in the Lord by remembering who he is and what he's done, right, in this passage. So, Jake, as we wrap up our time together today and we read this passage, which, again, good community and bad community kind of in this wrestle, but ultimately the Lord sees the people of Israel through, how do we apply a passage like this to our life today? What's the big standout? 
Um, well, there's two quick things I would take away from it. One is how he talks about all the guards like have a sword on them, and like uh, in other places in the Bible, it talks about how the word of God is the sword which we can use to fight all of life's battles. Like it gives us wisdom for all situations and teaches us to fight against sin and live daily life and even convert others. Uh, specifically in Hebrews 4:12, where it says, "For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword." piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And Ephesians six seventeen, where it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And that like uh, helps me to just know like, like you should be spending time in God, like this join the journey thing. Because um, like God's scripture is the sword, which will help us like in daily life all the time. So that's one of the things. And then the other thing is like praying like uh, prayer is super important, but yeah. Nehemiah didn't just like sit around and wait for God to answer his prayers. Like he got back to work. He worked hard to complete his task. Like he instituted guards and stuff. He didn't just like wait on God, but he was like proactive. That's great. So I would say like praying with added personal action is like the best way. And even the action of I'm going to pray to the Lord for him to move in power as I read his word, right? Like the yeah, sword yeah. going combined, together. Yeah. Absolutely combined. Even in the armor of God in Ephesians 6, which I love. Armor of God is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Literally, my Bible says, you can ask any of my friends. I don't call doing my quiet time my quiet time. I call it armoring up, like put yeah. on the armor. My Bible, I literally wrote on the front, armor up. But in verse 17, you talked about the sword of the Spirit. But verse 18 is the continuation of the armor of God, which says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Like praying is a part of wearing the armor of God, which is really cool. So, right. And that's the challenge. Be proactive in praying and being in the Word of God and asking God to move in your heart and in your life. So, gosh, Jake, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.